All right, we're back live. The WMAY Morning News Feed in studio guests, State Representative Tim Butler. Representative, uh, so much to get to, of course, with uh, a special session called for uh, the legislative maps. I, I definitely want to start there. Um, kind of saw this coming, right? This yeah, is something you know, that this, uh, for weeks have been... Exactly. Uh, so the, the House and the Senate last week announced that we're going to be back on August 31st. Uh, to deal with the <laughs> incomplete legislative maps, as we talked about all spring long, the fact that the Democrats used American Community Survey data we knew was going to be incorrect. Right. Uh, there's at least 10 House seats I know that are out of compliance. And, and so how it works is is on the legislative level, um, the, the requirement is you have to be plus or minus 5%. There can't be a spread greater than 10% between the population in one district and the population in another district. And so uh, what we found is uh, that... The, the largest spread is three times the legal limit. It's um, basically 30,000 people difference between the largest district and the smallest district. And this is exactly what we talked about also, and not just us, the advocates. I mean, Maldoff, the Mexican-American Legal Defense Fund that went to court as well. And so um, the Democrats are going to come back and and try to pass new legislative maps to, to tweak the boundaries, to uh, use the data that we said they should have used from the beginning. Um, and uh, the lawsuit continues. Both Leader Durkin and Leader McConkie, along with Maldoff, file lawsuits, and uh, those are working their way through the federal court system. But obviously, the Democrats want to short circuit the legal process to try to pass some maps. And what I would say is, you know, in the House, this is going to take 71 votes to pass. The Democrats have 73 people, uh, and I would I would really say to some of my Democratic colleagues who are who are true believers in a commission process that this is a good opportunity to put your foot down and say, all right, we've had enough, and and not vote for these maps. We'll see what happens, but well, and, so, and there were many Democrats who there, supported a proposal to remove the legislature from the process and have an independent. There's, there's over 30 members of the House Democratic Caucus, including the Speaker himself, who have previously supported um, going to a nonpartisan, citizen-led commission. And we gave the Democrats options all spring long, multiple options to go to a commission. Now we have the ability. Um, under the Constitution, we believe, to go to the bipartisan commission that's called for in the Constitution, because we believe the maps that they passed at the end of May were not valid, which means they didn't meet that constitutional June 30 deadline for the legislature to act before going to the commission. And so I, I do think we have some options here. But again, I think this I think this is an opportunity for some for some um, some good government Democrats. And there's some, especially some suburban Democrats that have sponsored the, the commission legislation to really say, no, we're not going to we're not going to go along with this gerrymandering, continued gerrymandering of these lines. And um, so obviously this, this is going to play out over the next the next few weeks, the next couple of weeks, next I guess week and a half. Um, we have scheduled. We have hearings that I, that were scheduled over the weekend for starting on Thursday. I think we have four. We have four hearings scheduled over three days uh, coming up this week. I'll be really interested to see if we have maps again to be able to to you know talk about at these hearings. It's it's just a reprise of everything that we talked about a few months ago, um, and it's going to be um, uh, really. I mean, this is a process that we should have held off on in the spring, and now we're in the situation we are today. We're talking with State Representative Tim Butler about the latest uh, with lawmakers being called back to the uh, Illinois Legislature at the end of this month to deal with legislative maps, and uh, we talked with Change Illinois earlier this morning, uh, and they said that. They have to have these hearings, and these hearings 
people actually have to be heard this time uh, because apparently people weren't really heard last time. Uh, what were some of the major uh, messages that you heard, not just from your Republican colleagues, but from the likes of the Mexican-American Legal Defense uh, Education Foundation or uh, other groups that were there to testify? Well, change is absolutely correct. There's, there's state law that I believe, in my opinion, is that Democrats violated this spring. Um, that that they did not follow when um, uh, when they passed these maps. So uh, according to state law, we have to have four hearings after the decennial census data came out comes out. That didn't come out until August 12th, and so now they're by law required to have these these four hearings. You know what we heard this spring was that um, minority populations were undercounted with using uh, American Community Survey data, which is which has come to to light, um, I think, since the census data come, came out. I think the other thing that, that um, really, I think, is frustrating for a lot of people is that the fact that these these maps were drawn with partisan intent by the Democrats and and for an organization. Well, they even put that like yeah, in. I mean, that's like we, in the uh, the map plan. I, right? I went back and read some of the transcripts from the from the debate, and that's that was something that was that was discussed during debate. Uh, it certainly was in the was in the the resolution that went along with the maps and things like that. And I think for an, an organization like Change, which has been so good and being out there on front, I mean, they want to get away from this partisan gerrymandering, just like the rest of you know, like we do. And I think. Again, that's that's the frustration is we're going to go through a process, a rushed process over the next week, four hearings in three days, probably a map dropped in the middle of the night before we uh, before we have to vote on it in the day. And I was just I was just reading, um, you, you know, this morning, the fact that the Senate Democrats want to get in and out quickly is what they said on that day. And they're talking about an energy bill, too. So, I mean, it just it just astounds me the fact that these are the things this the lines that are drawn for people's district really impact people for the next 10 years on who your voice is at the state capitol and who your voice is in, in the U.S. capitol. We haven't even talked about the congressional maps, right. which it seems like we're not going to do those next week either. And they, they continue to punt those down the road, I guess, until until who knows when. Well, you do have fall veto session in October. Is that right? That's correct. Um, so fall veto session is another bite at that apple, but... Uh, Representative, you also have the elections coming up. I mean, people are going to start filing for their seats in January. Shouldn't there be a little bit more of a buffer? We got to take a break. I want to talk about the congressional maps, maybe the Supreme Court maps. Is that something else that changes because of the census data? Uh, But there's a variety of other things I definitely want to talk with uh, State Representative Tim Butler about. So he's going to stay with us for another segment here. All right, we're back live in studio with State Representative Tim Butler on the WMAY Morning News feed. I'm Greg Bishop. Find me online, Bishop on Air, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You'll be able to find all kinds of things, stories and videos, and even the video of uh, a fair performer uh, shoving a throat down or a sword down his throat. And I actually had to pull the sword out of his throat. Yeah. Uh, Representative, you said you couldn't watch that? No, I know. I'll just. I'll just... <laughs> I'll, I'll keep from watching that. Yeah, no. Thank Every you. time I watch it no, again, I, I cringe. You're involved with yeah, it too, and the fact that know? I was actually the one doing it, I cringe watching it. Yeah. So, good thing you didn't end up in the ER. That's the most fair thing I think I've ever done, <laughs> ever. Uh, and I gotta say, also, um, he, did he, he, did took, he have like mini donuts like stacked on the sword. No, or anything like he should have right, and just like you know, <laughs> like skewered them and and, and got them out uh, like uh, like some kind of kebab. Um, but he also did the uh, the nail in the nose thing. Ugh. 
And God, I've had so many people yeah. say, well, it's just like getting a COVID it's, test, uh, right? Yeah, uh, I and guess. I totally didn't make that joke whenever he did it. I missed that opportunity, but yeah. it is what it is. No, thank you. Uh, yeah, right. No kidding. Uh, it is the WMAY morning news feed. Representative Butler uh, carrying over from uh, last segment talking about maps and uh, the legislature coming back to Springfield uh, later this month. Uh, just, what, like t- seven days or something. So uh, we will have some hearings about all of this, but it, we have yet to even really get into the congressional maps, which is something else that uh, there's been more scrutiny on, as you've said, uh, to make sure that you do have that uh, equal representation per district, but we're losing another seat. What do you see happening when it comes to uh, the, the overall representation. Are they going to target a Republican district and knock that out? Oh, I think I think uh, absolutely they're going to target Republican districts. You know, uh, currently we have five members of the 18-member delegation uh, that are that are Republican, and I think the Democrats really uh, are going to try because of their supermajorities in the in the House and Senate um, to to pass a map that that really tries to take out a Republican or two. And I think I think the National Democrats, especially led by uh, Nancy Pelosi, have have are coming to Illinois because they know in other states uh, they've got problems in other states that they're going to be losing seats in other states. And so Illinois really becomes a battleground in, in, in Pelosi's attempt to retain control in Washington. And so uh, I think you're going to see, you've seen some some potential maps out there that people have, have drafted up that, that really, I mean, are really some uh, some cartographic skills come into play when you when you look at how crazy these maps look to people, and I think that's what drives people nuts. I mean, look at look at the current district that that Congressman Davis represents that I live in that goes from that goes from Champaign all the way down to Metro East, and I think they're going to try to you know make that even even more gerrymandered than it is today. So um, we'll see what happens with that. The the uh, standard for congressional maps is actually higher than the legislative maps. It basically have to be even population across the the 17 districts that we'll have. Uh, and it sounds like, I guess, uh, in what I've read, that uh, we possibly will not be acting upon a congressional map next week. Uh, so uh, maybe this gives the opportunity for the Democrats to actually have real hearings on this stuff and throw a map out there that people can react to for maybe several weeks or a month or something like that. But I doubt that will actually be the case that happens. We're coming back, of course, to to do the uh, legislative maps. Any word on the, the Supreme Court maps? Because that was kind of yeah. dropped last minute, too. Nobody really had any idea it was going to happen, and even the uh, sponsor of those maps indicating that there wasn't really much of any we, public input. I, I brought up, uh, I asked about the Supreme Court maps during multiple hearings that we had this spring, and was basically told, you know, no, don't know anything about that. Well, and then all of a sudden we dropped you know, new revised Supreme Court maps. Uh, I think that's something we we have to continue to look at. I haven't I haven't seen the data for the Supreme Court districts yet as to how it pans out population wise. But I think that's something we need to we need to take a look at to see how it how it is divided population wise. Because the whole idea for the Democrats redistricting the Supreme Court maps in the spring was equal population. So let's take a look at this and see if it actually is equal population in the Supreme Court maps. State Representative Tim Butler with us on the WMAY morning news feed. There's so much other stuff to talk about other than the maps, even though the maps are extremely important and something that's going to dominate headlines in the next week leading up to it. Um, But uh, other 
other issues going on, something recently uh, last week that um, Senator Chapin Rose brought to my attention was um, a colleague of his who's a medical doctor who's also a school board member for the Muhammad Seymour School District. Uh, he took a particular stance on masks, even though the school district made masks required, as the governor has uh, has indicated uh, and mandated. Um, but uh, he took a, a stance saying he, he didn't think that requiring children to wear masks in schools was appropriate. He was then emailed by the Illinois Department of Financial and Professional Regulation saying, you know, hey, we're, we're opening an investigation, uh, either a parent or a concerned citizen raised issue with your stance on masks, and uh, they're, they're looking at a possible violation of the Medical Act, uh, which this doctor saw this as a direct threat to his medical license, uh, something that was completely outside of his role as an elected school board. Since then, Representative, we've had an apology apparently issued by IDFPR to the doctor. Uh, but what's going on here? What's your reaction to what we've seen at least transpire over the past week on this story? And apparently it's been it's been in the ether and in the works for like three weeks or so. Well, I think this is the this is the worst example of the heavy hand of of a bureaucratic state government. I mean, the fact that a that a that a state bureaucrat could could threaten the license of, of a doctor because he was just expressing his opinion outside the realms of his official capacity as a as a physician, or really, I think, outside the realms of his official capacity on the on the school board. You know, I, I mean that. That is that is the thing that's really scary to to a lot of people when stuff like that happens. It just, uh, it, I mean, it's it's incredible to think that that uh, a state bureaucrat would get to the point that they actually send that they hit send on that email. And I'd love to know what the conversations were within the agency. I'd love to know the conversation that possibly took place with the governor's office. Was the governor's office involved with this? Obviously, this is something that's been high on the agenda for the governor when it comes to the mask mandate. And I think all this needs to to come to light. And I, I really appreciate Senator Rose for, for really going to bat for this. And my hope is that we have legislative hearings on this and we bring people to the table and people get FOIA'd to find out what the communications were. This should not happen. This should not happen in the United States of America. And I think this is really what scares so many people about government when you when you see the heavy hand like this come in and really really try to eliminate a person's livelihood just because of the the positions that they hold personally. This uh, I have filed a FOIA request for the case number and any kind of internal communications. So I'll um, you know keep you posted on on, on what I find. If anything, uh, they could uh, you know deny the FOIA and I'd have to reshape it. So um, hopefully we can get some uh, details on that later this week. But uh, uh, this is just one aspect of the overall COVID situation where you guys have been calling for hearings. We've seen some hearings. We've seen some numbers put out. Is, has it been enough? Has the legislature done enough? Enough to provide the proper oversight on all things COVID, from the unemployment situation to the public health statistics to uh, the mask mandates. Uh, where are you guys dropping the ball as a state house? You know, look, we have we have another hearing this week with the House Statues and Monuments Task Force. I believe this is the fifth or sixth hearing we've had on the Statues and Monuments Task Force. the The fact that we're that we're spending time, so much time on that, yet we're really not continuing. To, to have oversight hearings on everything COVID, 
uh, the responses to COVID, the economic damage under COVID, the health damage under COVID, and the fact that that gets pushed to the side and and members have other agendas that are allowed they're, they're allowed to carry out, I think is, is kind of crazy. We should be spending this summer, even while we're not in session, having oversight hearings, bringing the governor's people to the table, continue to ask questions about hospitalizations and, and immunizations and, and all this kind of stuff. And I think that's important because, number one, it, it, it brings clarity to the, to the public to know what's going on and hopefully makes them understand the, the full thing that's, the, that's going on when it comes to this. And, and I, I just I think we have abdicated our responsibility as, as an oversight body in the legislature. And I think, I think the governor has decided that he doesn't want to engage the legislature when he's making these decisions. And I think the leadership of the legislature, I think President Harmon and Speaker Welch, go along with it because that way their members aren't responsible for it. Oh, let's put it all on the governor. Let's, let's let him do it. And that's the wrong way to do it. We need, we need to be an equal branch of government with the governor on this. We've said that from the beginning. It hasn't been the case. We were in session all spring long, and we really took no action to rein in the governor's, uh, the way the governor acts. And here we are again. Uh, the governor continues to issue executive orders a year and a half in, and, and we really have no oversight of it. it. It isn't the way we should function as a, as a legislative body. Representative, one other thing I wanted to touch base with you on is uh, the idea of vaccine passports. We haven't had that mandated in Illinois. We have a Vax Verify program that people can utilize and get a digital certificate of sorts. We've seen it implemented. I don't know how much it was uh, actually followed through with the grandstand concerts uh, at the state fair, um, but uh, you know we've seen it implemented in that case. Uh, the governor's praising private businesses in the Chicagoland area that are requiring people to show their vaccines uh, status to get into their establishment, but we've seen it implemented in New York, I believe L.A., in San Francisco, France, uh, these vaccine passports systems. Where do you stand on that? Is this an appropriate step uh, or is this government overreach? Well, first of all, I, I really encourage people to get vaccinated. I mean, that's I've been I've been uh, especially lately speaking out very loudly about that. I actually had someone on Facebook tell me that they're not going to support me anymore because I, I support uh, getting people vaccinated. I mean, I think that's important. I've been vaccinated. I'm, I'm, I want to get a booster shot. I mean, it's just it's just like the flu or some of these other shots that we get annually. I think it's important. Look, I've worked I've worked at an institution at St. John's where I was I was mandated to get a flu shot when I worked at St. John's a, a decade ago. I didn't have a problem with that. Um, I think if private business, if this is the way they want to go to 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 run their private business, I don't have a problem with that. What I do have a problem with is if this if if the government, again, the heavy hand of government is going to mandate this across the board. This gets into so many of the issues that we have, and it drives division honestly in this country when we're when we're looking at that. See what's going on with the with you know the mask mandates from on high instead of let local school boards carry it out. People, I mean, people rightly get upset about this stuff. So I, I don't, I, you know, I wouldn't support a, a mandate from, coming from the state of Illinois when it comes to vaccinations. What I would support is, or what I, what I don't have a problem with, I guess, is like I said, if private businesses want to do this, hey, it's your private business. It's your it's your toil. It's your it's your treasure that you've put into this. And if you believe the right way to do your business is doing that, then hey, that's 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 the way you can do it. But where, but where do we draw that line? Uh, pharmacies, grocery stores, I mean, things that you know people need to survive every day. Where do we draw that line? Well, I think this is, again, I think this is why you, and I said this, we had a news conference last week on, on vaccinations out in Menard County, and I think that's why it's so important to listen to your, to your locally, you know, the, the Gale O'Neills of the world and your local officials when it, when it comes to this. We haven't seen here in Springfield, you know, the, the mayor institute a mask mandate here in Springfield or, or in Sangamon 
County. And I think that's important. Um, but I, I think at the end of the day, the, the way that we're going to get out of this is the personal responsibility of people. And as a Republican, I'm a big believer in personal responsibility. People should take the personal responsibility upon themselves to get vaccinated so we can get out of this. I mean, it's it's shown that even if you're vaccinated and you get COVID, the, the hospitalization rates and especially the severe cases and deaths are tremendously, exponentially lower if you get vaccinated. I don't know why you wouldn't want to get vaccinated when you look at that data and you see this is this is the smart thing to do. State Representative Tim Butler, uh, appreciate you sticking around for two segments. Uh, we'll talk again in the near Absolutely. future. And thanks, uh, thanks again for coming in the studio. It